Sea Thomas Howe? Wow. Really? Wow. For anyone who's listening, C. Thomas Howe was in E.T. He was one of the kids on the bike. Yeah. And then he went on to be in... The Outsiders. The Outsiders. Wow. Uh, also... And then, nothing and since. Welcome to Pulp Fliction, our top five podcast. This week, in honor of The Jungle Book dominating the box office and dominating Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, we have decided to count down our top five most under, uh, underrated directors of all time. Since Jean Favreau is a really excellent underrated director, I think that most people just think him as the, the chubby guy from Swingers. Do or they if they do, he or if they know, swingers, though. so what? he was ripped in swingers. He was. Yeah. That's true. Now maybe, he's chunky. Maybe the chubby guy from Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they think uh, if they do or know Iron he's a director, <laughs> they just know that he's done Iron Man. Yeah. And that's it. But he's actually done a lot of really good movies. Um, so we decided to count down our top five most underrated directors of all time here on Pulp Fiction. So, any uh, parameters? Uh, anything you guys want to say first? Definitely. Uh, I did not even try and touch uh, foreign, foreign films. Uh, yeah. That's a whole other level that, uh, honestly, you could put probably every single you know foreign director well, in Well, yeah, category. because, I mean, Maldivar, Ingrid Bergman, I mean, I mean pe- people aren't going to know. American audiences, for the most part, aren't going to know. Right. Because uh, I looked at a couple and I decided also not to to delve into that so that's that's a good call i don't have any rachel you have any foreign directors no sir i do not okay good deal i think that's the only one that i really had okay let's do this then i'm excited to see how much crossover we do or do not have and where this is going to go our top five most underrated directors of all time jacob you're number five my number five is danny boyle interesting uh imdb credits him for having 26 direct you know 26 directing credits but you know a lot of that's going to be tv series and things like that right uh i just want to highlight some of his movies uh in particular well so he, he some some of the ones he's done are train spotting from in 96 i never saw 28 days later did you all yeah i did yeah. it was um, it was really really good yeah. and 28 weeks later too okay uh, he didn't yeah. do weeks, did he? Oh, did he not he do just the second days, oh, Okay. Which okay. was better than weeks. It was. Uh, he did the movie Sunshine, which is a sci-fi. It's from 2007. I believe you really yes, liked it, it's, right, Rach? it's a really good movie. It's um, a cool movie. A lot of people, I think it's it's for always highly acclaimed, and it's kind of like one of those uh, underground cult movies. Yeah, movie elitists like. really, really like it. It's it's uh, visually really, really cool. Yeah. He also did Slumdog Millionaire, mm-hmm. uh, 127 Hours, and he and, and Steve Jobs, which came out last year. Yeah, uh, which you know, it's a, Steve Jobs was an Aaron Sorkin screenplay, so you put that and Danny Boyle together, you should have a pretty decent movie. Which it was; it was a decent movie. Yeah, um, with a couple of great performances. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Danny Boyle, he's 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 pretty quiet, and he really he's all over the map when you look about his all the movies he's done, genres wise. Yeah, drama, horror. Yeah, suspense, yeah. which is really kind of cool. And, and with some of the research I put into this, I really learned a lot. Well, I feel like I should learn a whole lot more, but about studio directors from way back in the day. And studio directors would have to direct all sorts of genres. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of reminded me of that. You know, yeah. he, he was able to tap into all those and really execute, ex- execute them all really well. 
I mean, I, I, I love Trainspotting. It, it's definitely my favorite of his. And, um, you know, he, he's got a great eye for uh, how to use the camera, and he, he really uses that a lot in Trainspotting in particular. Uh, one scene that I'm thinking of is where he um, overdoses and falls into the rug. Yeah. And it just kind of, there's a big square around him, like it's kind of a coffin or inside of a grave. Yeah, but yeah. The camera stays yeah. on it like a point of view as if he's down in there. But yet he's being sent to like the emergency room while he's still on this rug it kind of goes into like a more of a psychedelic state but he really handled that really well of course that's 1996 since then you know he you know slumdog millionaire did win best picture but all the while you know i don't feel like danny boyle is very well known no like uh, i think he's a great choice because his resume really is impressive but I bet you if you just go up to the average person, nobody's going to know who Danny Boyle is. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not a big name whatsoever. I could offer a million answers, all false. The truth is that I'm a bad person, but that's going to change. I'm going to change. This is the last of that sort of thing. I'm cleaning up and I'm moving on, going straight and choosing life. I'm looking forward to it already. I'm going to be just like you. The job, the family, the fucking big television, the washing machine, the car, the compact disc and electrical tin opener, good health, low cholesterol, dental insurance, mortgage, starter home, leisure wear, luggage, three-piece suite, DIY, game shows, junk food, children, walks in the park, nine to five, good at golf, washing the car, choice of sweaters, family Christmas, index pension, tax exemption, clearing the gutters, getting by, looking ahead the day you die. And really, like as far as awards go, I mean, Subdog Millionaire is really the only one that's been up for a bunch of awards. It obviously won Best Picture. 127 Hours was nominated for oh, Best that's Picture. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Good Which call. I will say how he decided to treat the um, the tendon on his oh, arm. Oh, yeah. I'll, I won't forget that one for a long time. Oh, uh, me you're neither. If you going to cut, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the sensitive part in your arm. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I don't. Um, what is that called? Your nerve. You're going to cut a nerve. Yeah, nerve. That's how you do it in the movie. That's how you show it with like the screeching noise and yeah. a white light. Oh yeah, yeah that, that was, was intense. Very good. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a really. I got to be honest. I didn't even think of him, but I wish I would have. Rachel, who is Brandon? <laughs> who is your number five most underrated director of all time? I went with Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is a solid choice, Rachel. He well, does a lot you. of British. I think both those guys are British. He's on my honorable honorable mention. Nice. Um, I actually thought he might make yours just because you love Scott Pilgrim. Oh, I love Scott Pilgrim. So That's much. why I was going to put him on there. Um, I think his other. What do you, what do they call the other movie? The other three where they, where you know the. The they call him a trilogy. Yeah, they call it some, a trilogy. It's a trilogy. Uh, what do they call it? Trilogy. Well, what we're talking about is uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and um, The World's, the world's End. End. It's yeah. Simon Pegg and the big guy. Nick Frost. Nick Frost, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Rach, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, he's done... This list was kind of difficult for me, only because some people have directed like a lot more prestigious things, but trying to figure out my personal favorites, um, he's just done some movies that I really liked. I loved Shaun of the Dead. I thought it was great. Hot Fuzz, eh, but, uh, I mean, it was still a good movie. And then Scott Pilgrim vs. World, he also did, yeah, I think we hit all of the highlights already. I kind of just spaced out there. Well, he, but, did, <laughs> he did Grindhouse also. Uh, well, he did He did one of the 
trailers that was in the middle of Grindhouse. Oh, is that how that worked? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because Quentin Tarantino did Death Proof and Robert Rodriguez did uh, Planet oh, Terror. But right. a okay. bunch of directors did the little trailers, the fake trailers that were in between. And those were hilarious. He was responsible for Don't. <laughs> which was the one that wasn't machete and wasn't Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> he did the other I one. I remember they kept saying the word don't over and over again. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty fun. It actually that's, says in IMDb, like in parentheses, fake trailer segment. That's don't. awesome. Yeah. I, he has things that run like common threads that run through his movie. He, I was doing some research on him and he was considered for some pretty big movies. He was considered for Star Trek Beyond. And didn't do it. He was also considered to huh. do Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and didn't do that. Well, I think the biggest one recently is Ant Man. He was he yeah Ant-Man. he was supposed he, to, he, he yeah. wrote a lot of it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of elements in there that are very Edgar Wright, and then yes. there are some differences in what they were, you know, creative thought. And he left, and I think a lot of people were really really upset about yeah. that. In fact, I think that's what one of the other things that made Ant Man delayed in being filmed because really that's been on the shelf for ten years, but. You know, I thought with Edgar Wright on that project, it was going to be, a, a, you know, really well done. He would, I feel like he would have been a good fit for that just because of his type of humor. Uh, I think he would fit for really that kind of movie. It's kind of deadpan. I think that's his, his, um, his humor is what is his detriment against him. You know, really? it's a lot. It's that British dry humor. It is. And for in America, that doesn't really sell well sometimes. That's true. You know, but his movies are great. Yeah. Don't point that gun at my mom! Shalom, calm down! Don't point that gun at Barbara! And don't exacerbate things! What does that mean? This isn't exactly fair. Yeah. It's okay. Please, can we just stop and think about this? Tell him to put the gun down! Look, Lizzie, she's going to change. You know I'm right. And when she does, she'll come back and she'll kill all of us. That's what your ex can't seem to realize. That's what this is about, isn't it? It's just, it just, he doesn't like me. He's always hated me and now he wants to shoot my mom. She's not. You never thought I deserved her, that I was good enough. What are you talking about? Oh, come on, we all know you're in love with Liz. That is not true. Yes, it is. That is not true. Yes, it is. What? I know you only hung out with me at college to get close to Liz, and when she knocked you back, I was there to pick up the pieces. I've come to terms with that, Das. Why can't you? Lizzie, I want you to know that my feelings for you have always been essentially... David, please, there are slightly more pressing matters at hand here. So there you go. Anything else to add, Brandon? No, I, I, that's a good choice. Cool, That's thanks. a good, good, solid choice. I'm glad you did what you just did. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, my number five. Now, this is a big name, but you're looking at me so. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't know. You looked at me so shocked, <laughs> like apprehensive. This is a big name, but go with me and I'll tell you why I think he's underrated. My number five is Sidney Lumet. And here's why I think he's underrated. Everybody knows he's a great director, but it's kind of like he's talked about, like he's a third tier great director. Like he's never mentioned with the likes of Hitchcock, Kubrick, Scorsese, Coppola. Then, you know, you get kind of to the next tier and people talk about Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson and, oh, Nolan and Michael Mann and those types. But Sidney Lumet, let me tell you what he's directed. It's got to be Lumet. No, it's Lumet. Yeah, it's Lumet. He directed 12 Angry Men, one of my favorite classic movies of all time. He did Network. He did Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, The Verdict, Murder on, Murder on the Orient Express, 
Running on Empty, Death Trap, which is a really great movie. Recently, he did Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which was a great yeah, movie. That was good. Yeah. Um, and then he can even take Vin Diesel, who's never been good in anything, and made him actually a passable actor in this movie called Find Me Guilty, which is crazy. He directed The Wiz, which was the black version of The Wizard of Oz, uh, just to kind of show you his range. But, I mean, these are some some all-time classic movies, and I still don't think that he's a household name. Uh, people argue on how to say his last name <laughs> because they don't know. I mean, like, he's just not a big name, even though he's been nominated. Let me make sure I'm right here. Nominated for five Oscars, and he won. Let me see. Did he win any? No, he was nominated five times for Oscars, never won one. But, I mean, that kind of shows you his talent. Some classic, iconic movies, and I still feel like he's underrated. No, I feel like the typical moviegoer has no idea. And he's got right. some great movies. So. He really does. Just some incredible, iconic, big-time movies, and I just feel like... And even movies and a that... A lot of them are like strong dialogue. You know, yes. Not a lot of action, just strong dialogue, good, solid stories. Yes, absolutely. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And you're right. A lot of dialogue and acting. That's And very realism. I mean, like... I mean, these are these are big. Have you have you guys seen Network? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was a great movie. Twelve Angry Men, incredible. Obviously, Dog Day Afternoon. Serpico, I'm I mad mean, as hell, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not, not going to take, take it, it anymore. anymore. So good, Murder on the Road. I mean, these are big time movies. If you um, haven't delved into Sidney Lumet at all, you really, really should. The last movie he did was Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. I think he's in his 80s now. He's probably not going to do another movie. I can't imagine. Uh, I was actually really surprised when he did that one. Uh, but it was a really good one to go out on because it was a solid movie as well. My number five, Sidney Lumet. That's an excellent pick, Brandon. Thank you, Rachel. Jacob, your number four most underrated director of all time. Yeah, I just thought about this as far as my stipulations. Uh, I, I forgot to say this a minute ago. Like Some of these, I won't say they're my favorites, but I cannot not put them on this list. But my number four is without someone I've been saying for years – 
and it's the man who inspired this list. I think John Favreau is so underrated as a writer, as yeah. a, in, in, especially as a writer, but definitely as a director too. Uh, John Favreau, uh, so far he's he's directed nine movies, of which uh, I'll point out he did do Elf, uh, Iron Man, and Chef. Um, and, you know, he also did some kind of busts, which were Iron Man two, but I blame that on the studios and not on John Favreau uh, because they wanted to do some things. Yeah. And then Cowboys and Aliens wasn't very well received, and it was no, a weird concept. It was. With. You can't so, really blame him because the concept was so odd. Yeah. Uh, well, but you can. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, I thought Elf, what he did with Elf, I mean, he's created a Christmas. I just think it's hard to have Christmas movies that will last a lifetime anymore. Especially it currently. hardly yeah. ever happens. And for, yeah, so for that to come out, what, 10 years ago? And and everyone it's still everyone's favorite now. Right? Oh, I mean, it's really the only Christmas movie that's come out in the past twenty years. I guess Love Actually, you could put it there with it too. That's going to become. I don't feel like that's anywhere near the the level of Elf, though. No, but I think it's going to be an enduring Christmas movie. I'd say those two are the last twenty years, the only two. Maybe if you're a crying girl, I mean, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Um, what he does so well, I think, though, is he writes characters, and I think he casts actors very well in his in his movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and I need I always will point out that he did write Swingers, and mm-hmm. though it's probably a mis a misleading title for a movie, it is such a fun, good movie, and it's about you know five guys who are in, living in L.A. trying to make it in you know in Hollywood or whatever. His ability to just create characters, and that's what he does. He focuses on these on his characters. I, I love it. I think Shelf Shelf. I think <laughs> Chef is very. Underrated. I love Chef. That was one of my favorite movies of that year. That's that was like a passion project too, of his. So far, none of his movies have bad endings. You know, I, I don't feel like you know. There's no ambiguity. There's no you know. Oh, it's kind of rough ending. I mean, yeah. they, usually it's just feel, feel good movies. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having feel good movies. You know, that's a good call. And, and and I think people hold that against him, but I don't. That doesn't bother me if it's a good solid story. No, so, I agree. I, I think he's good, and he's 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 just has become a great director. Yeah, and he's what's great about him is not to compare him to Spielberg, but his movies are well done blockbusters. I mean, they're all. Chef is in that way, but for the but when you take like an Iron Man, a Jungle Book, um, these are big movies with a lot of talent behind them, yeah. and they're accessible to everyone. But they're well done. I mean, a lot of the like the big time special effects driven movies are brainless and mindless, uh, but his aren't. Yeah, and I think it takes a special skill. Spielberg obviously mastered it, um, having a special talent behind a blockbuster, but Favreau is doing the same thing nowadays. Well, one more thing to add on to that. I mean, that's he, he's produced all of his movies except for elf, which is what you say. It's kind of managing your movies. Right. Look at what he just did with the jungle book. And I mean, I'm telling you, there had to be over 2000 designers on that movie. Oh, yeah. And for him to have to manage those, those oh, companies, yeah. I mean, that, that in itself is impressive. I also, and I didn't realize this, he's the executive producer on the upcoming infinity gauntlet series. Oh, I didn't know that either. So that's very cool. Yeah. So the guys, he, he's, He's very good. Yeah. Very underrated, I think. Yeah, he is. I wish he would have directed Christopher Montesanti's uh, Cleaver movie, though. <laughs> Did you watch Sopranos? 
I mean, I did. Oh, remember uh, when? Chris, remember when Chrissy wanted to to I make a he movie? Was making the movie, but and he like he pitched it to John Favreau. God, I forgot about and that. And yeah. Favreau was like, "And eh, now nah, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rachel, your number four favorite underrated director of all time. Uh, Richard Linklater. That is a great choice. I feel like he's a love it or hate it. You think so? Who hates Richard Linklater? I, I just don't know. I mean, when you think of his movies, you're going to think of things. Days and Confused, obviously, there will come to mind. Who don't like Days Confused. Those yeah. people are stupid. Um, and there were people who hated Boy. Um, it, boyhood. 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 Yes, not Boy. That is true. There are people um, that hated Boyhood. It, it's just it's these coming of age stories. Like Days and Confused, and now everybody wants some, which is which will hopefully be here soon. Pretty excited these about story, that. These coming of age stories, some of them happen over the course of one day. Of course, Boyhood happened over the course of this kid's life, but was still whether you liked it or not, it was kind of a remarkable way of doing movie. It was pioneering in that kind of way. But he also did School of Rock, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, he did a Scanner Darkly, weirdly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he did the Before Midnight. Yeah, the before uh, before trilogy. sunset. Yeah, which is which I mean, critically critics love, love yeah. it. and yeah. I love them yeah. too. But again, those are love or hate it because you'll yeah. either be like me and the critics and think they're brilliant, or you're like, oh my gosh, did I seriously just watch an hour and a half of two people talking the right? Entire and time? I think a lot of people can look at most of his movies and say like, oh, he's a genius, or like this guy's a hack. Like, yeah. he's he's not even telling a story. Like these people are just doing stuff, and there's no story. Well, to look it at Days and Fuse. So, there's really no story. It's just not. It's boom, just, slice of life. It's last day of school, mid seventies, and but but what I love about Smith, they're just so realistic, and they they're all just like soaked in realism. You just feel like you're experiencing these characters and right. this you just, life. You jump into part of their life, and then you jump out. Right. Of it. You're just getting to experience a portion of these people's lives. Yeah, I think he's very good at being being able to capture pop culture or nostalgia yes mm-hmm. and yeah kind of what you just said you you reminisce with it you enjoy that and you kind of can move on and how he creates his movies you you like days and confused don't you oh yeah okay, i love good. days confused okay, i'll be honest with you uh link letters my number three. Oh, oh okay yeah and uh i mean one of the movie that you didn't mention was um bernie did you say bernie oh yeah no i didn't mention oh bernie, yeah i love bernie bernie too. was great i mean yeah. that's that's a Jack Black's best performance yes. of all yes, time. Yes, it was. Oh, so Linklater, you know, he he wrote all of his movies. I mean, you didn't say Slackers either, which that was his first movie. He wrote all of his movies except for Bernie, which, you know, he wrote the screenplay for that because it's based off a real story. Right. Um, so, and that's the thing about Linklater too, is that like, he just kind of like, you know what? He just doesn't care what other people think. He's going to do what he wants to do I mean, as an indie director. And he, he was one of those waves of indie directors that came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I think a lot of people really appreciate about him is that he doesn't buy into all this other, we want, we want, we want, we prefer this. He'd rather focus on character and story yep, and, which I love and hitting, I think things that are important to him. It's gotta be pop culture, yeah. music, yeah. Uh, nostalgia, you know, things that people can relate to, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's good or bad. Uh, he does that really, really well. Yeah. And yeah, he's great. Honestly, I didn't, I guess I didn't think of him as underrated, but I guess he would qualify because most people wouldn't know no wouldn't be able to name one or two movies of his if he if he asked the general well, obviously person. everyone's go-to is always gonna be days confused i mean right. I, right I will be honest i forgot that he directed school of rock 
Um, you know, right, which is it, it pretty telling for, for, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's probably his, his second most popular movie, but people would probably think it's just like more of a Jack Black movie than it is a Richard Linklater right. movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie. The, the, and that, in lesser hands, honestly, a movie like School of Rock could have been a throwaway, dumb, Melissa McCarthy type movie. Not to bag on Melissa, but I'm just saying like your typical comedy, mindless but I mean, in his hands, it becomes this really, really cool rock and roll movie, mm-hmm. comedy. Math is a wonderful thing. Math is a really cool thing. So get off your ass, let's do some math. Math, 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 math. Three minus four is negative one. That's right. And six times a billion is... Six billion? Nailed it. And 54 is a 45 more than... What is the answer, Marta? Nine. No, it's eight. No, it's nine. Yes, I was testing you. It's... Nine, and that's a magic number. That's a good choice, Rachel. Thank you. And Jacob, since it's coming up for you. Yeah. My number four favorite underrated director of all time. I'm curious if you guys will be able to tell me one movie that this guy has done. All right? You ready for it? Norman Jewison. No clue. Racist. <laughs> All right, Norman Jewison, he's been nominated for seven Oscars, including Moonstruck, A Soldier's Story, which was Denzel Washington's debut, uh, Moonstruck, of course, with Cher, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, and The Heat of the Night, which, of course, was huge, Sidney Poitier. Oh, he's got a great resume. Yeah, and The Russians are coming. He also directed The Hurricane, uh, which was up for a bunch of awards Denzel Washington uh, was in. This dude is big time. And nobody knows this dude. Nobody knows his name. Nominated for seven Academy Awards. And like I said, I mean, he's he's done some big ones. And then even some of his smaller ones that aren't as well known, I really like. Only You, which was a romantic comedy with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei in the mid-90s was a fun movie. Agnes of God, I know, uh, with Jane Fonda was up for a bunch of awards in 85. Uh, I'm not just saying this. And Justice for All with Al Pacino was up for a bunch of awards in 79. Rollerball. Jesus Christ, Superstar, the original, the Thomas Crown Affair. These are some big movies, and nobody knows this dude's name. If I were a rich man, all day long, if I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. If I were a bitty, bitty rich, idle, 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 idle man, I'd build a big, tall house with rooms by the dozen right in the middle of the town. A fine tin roof with the real wooden floors below. There would be one long staircase just going up and one even longer coming down. 
anyone more leading nowhere just for oh, this show. guy's been around for a while too i mean yeah he's credited with 39 that's uh, producing <laughs> yeah he's he's produced a lot as well he's credited with directing 44 you know there are some tv series in there but they go back to 1952 yeah, I mean that's how long he's been doing this. That's a, that's a long, long time to be doing. He's eighty nine years old, and his most recent one that he directed was The Statement in two thousand three with with Michael Caine, which was a smaller type movie. His last big one was The Hurricane, which was a good note to go out on in ninety nine. But you know, I actually never. Yeah, never mind. Did, did you see Hurricane? I did. Sorry. Okay, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, so yeah, Norman Jewison. I haven't seen Ali. That's what it oh, was. you haven't seen Ali? Same year there up against each other. Yeah, I actually like The Hurricane more. I thought it was a better movie. As I was going through all these directors, I think most of these are, are people we at least know their names or you can list a couple of movies. But here's a dude who's directed some iconic movies, some big-time movies, and I, I think that even movie buffs don't know who this dude is. I feel embarrassed right now. Right. I've never even heard of him. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's one thing that this list made me realize is that there's especially – before 1980, there are some directors that I should know, and I do not. Right. It makes me feel like I should not be doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think, you know, honestly, especially our generation, a movie bus, you know, a guy like this is just going to kind of fly under the radar. When you say the, the movies, you're like, oh, well, crap, I know all those movies. Yeah. Those are big-time movies. Yeah. But you don't know the director. Now, I imagine, you know, cinephiles in their 50s and 60s know who this dude is, but but for the most part... I, I don't think most of us would know that are that are our generation. So it's kind of cool to to learn about that. Sixty six percent of this room. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, so my number four is Norman Jewison. Your number three is uh, Richard Linklater. Yeah. Anything you want to add to? No, I kind of was able to squeeze it in right there at the end of, of Rach's. She she said everything else anyway. She uh, she said all the movies that I wanted to bring up. So uh he was actually on a lot of lists and actually he was number one on a lot of lists oh was he researching see i thought of him i just like i was like oh everybody loves richard linklet but you guys say i'm like yeah i get he is actually underrated he would definitely really watches the before series right i don't know exactly critics watch it yeah but they don't yeah you're exactly right and i mean they i mean they all are like to me that's his that's those are his best movies right I mean, that's, critically, critic, that's a, wise, critic, critic wise, of course, Boyhood was up for Best Picture in almost one, like it was one yes. or two. Critic-wise, they all say that those are, especially the first two, those are his bread and butter. Like right. That's what's going to make him, which it's weird for us because I think, to me, it's Days Confused. And, yeah, right. the mainstream. And, and Days and Confused, see, that's the thing. Even his his comedies, Days and Confused, I mean, like on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 94%. Critics love his comedies as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that, yeah, to audiences, Days and Confused definitely... Um, is the movie everybody's going to know him for. It's his biggest movie. But every single one of his movies has great reviews. I, honestly, of all the movies you've said, I don't think a single one of them had bad reviews. I think they all, across the board, have great reviews. Yeah. So, not, not much more to add. If you haven't seen the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight series, watch them. They're all very good. Yeah. Some of the most realistic conversations between definitely a man and a woman the, you'll ever hear. That's right. It's it's one of the it's regarded as one of the best romances of all time. Yeah, it, because so even days and confused. Last thing I want to say, a lot of like just the conversations they have, even if they're not funny, they're kind of like you're like man, me and my buddies used to talk like that. We had those same exact conversations. We had those same thoughts. He's able to to soak his movies with realism, which I love. Yeah. Plus, he also, I mean, I think he pretty much start, uh, started uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, 
Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's careers. Yeah, he did. Well, look at Days and Confused. So many people. Uh, Man, there were a lot of people a in that ton, movie. A ton. A ton. Just FYI, everybody wants him is at 90% fresh right now. Awesome. So still got it. Yeah, that's what, I'm pretty excited about when that. When I tell you all that Days and Confused came out in 1993, does that make you feel old? That is so weird. If, to me, it feels like it came out like in 99. Yeah. And Ugh. you know what's weird? Think of it this way. Days and Confused is set. In 1976, and it was made in 1993. And you know when it comes out, it feels so nostalgic and like oh, a period piece. 17 years difference between those two dates. That'd be like making a movie right now based on 1999. Yep. Isn't that weird? Yep. <laughs> Make you feel old? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Rachel, you're number three favorite underrated director of all time. Well, crossover. Jacob and I know it's up because it's Danny Boyle. Oh, nice. nice. And you covered Danny Boyle really well, and I don't really have anything to add to that. I'm glad you mentioned Sunshine, because I did want to bring that up, because I feel like a lot of people probably skipped over that movie, but it was really good. Remind me if you've seen Trainspotting. No. Okay. That (laughs) is his best movie. You have to watch it. Well, I know, because I've wanted to watch it. I'm ashamed that I haven't watched it. it. There are times it's not an easy watch, but as far as camera tricks, actually, it's a really cool story. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. And there were rumors for a long time that he was going to be making the sequel. It's uh, in pre-production. No kidding. Is he directing it, do you know? Yes, he is. That's awesome. Well, it could be it's awesome. It's scheduled for next year, so we'll see what For the most part, that, I think but... any project Danny Boyle works on, it, I mean, has it really had anything that's really bad? Bad, bad? No. So. No, not really. So there's that. Danny Boyle is a great choice, guys. I really kind of kick myself for not thinking of him. Really you know, he wasn't on any of the lists. Really? I, I, mean, I researched for a couple hours tonight. That's weird, and he is he not was, a that, household no, name nowhere. whatsoever. That is really weird. Yeah. My number three favorite underrated director of all time is Richard Donner. That's a good one, and I actually crushed him off of my honorable mention. You shouldn't have. Well, I <laughs> go ahead and talk about it. And I'm, sure you'll, like- I'm sure you hit the points of why I may or may not have. Let me let me just. I'm a huge Richard Donner fan. I I love a lot of his movies, and again, I, I feel like if anybody knows him, like oh yeah, this guy that did Superman. But there's so much more. Let me just start with his filmography, starting in 1976. I decided Brandon's list is uh, his top five favorite forgotten directors. Well, that, that really that's that's kind of what it is, really. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a good way of saying it. Uh, nineteen seventy six, he did the Omen, which is a horror classic. Yep, uh, has Damien in. I mean, that's classic. You want to hear something funny? Yes, I've seen this. I've seen the remake, but not the original. Oh my gosh! <laughs> why, why do you do, do this? Why this do you why do you don't this? Like horror movies? Yeah, because he watches theater. all the crappy remakes. Someone dragged me to the theater. <laughs> so I saw it there. Man, they should have dragged <laughs> you to your living room or to Blockbuster. And rented the original. <laughs> Jeez. Richard Donner in 76 did The Omen. He followed up with Superman. Superman 2. He was pulled off of Superman 2. You're right. That's right. He was Because he's uncredited. But Yeah. But still. Started it. Then he did The Toy, which is one of my favorite underrated comedies <laughs> with Richard you Pryor. You do love The Toy. I love The Toy. Lot. I watched that movie all the time as a kid. And then my favorite movie as a kid, he did The Goonies. But the worst thing I ever done... I mixed up all this fake puke at home, and then I went to this movie theater, hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then, then I made a noise like this. (laughs) 
And then I dumped it over the side. I had all the people in the audience. Then, then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I never felt so bad in my entire life. I mean, this dude did Superman, The Goonies, and The Omen. But there's more. Yeah, right. It, the, two it, years, his very next movie after Goonies was... Lethal Weapon. Which is one of my favorite action movies. Oh, yeah. And he did the whole series. It's a great... I mean, as far as action comedies go, I mean, that's like the standard is Lethal Weapon. He did Scrooge, one of my favorite underrated Christmas movies of all time. Freaking love Scrooge. Uh, He did Radio Fire, cute little movie. Just going to throw it out there. People know it. He did Maverick, which, as we all know, Jacob freaking loves. (laughs) I love Maverick. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Richard Donner's a great director. But see, the thing, like every single one of these movies, I think, are hits. And, but your is your question is Richard Donner a household name? Yeah, I don't think he's a household name. I don't think it's typical. Per- like, I don't know. E- even I, if you said Richard Donner, I'd be like, oh, I know he's a director. I don't remember what he directed. Like, My I guess don't is know in that the I could have come up He was with on that. fire, and he was then. Right. And now it. You know. Forgotten's a good way of saying it. I think that my list is more forgotten. Than than under like underrated now because they've become forgotten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think Richard Donner is exactly that way. I don't think most people are going to know who Rich Donner is, and if they do, they just know him from Superman, and that's it, or maybe The Goonies. But I mean, a lot of like you said, a lot of these '70s and '80s movies. I mean, were so big. I know it was a big deal back in the day. I mean, even more recently, he did in the late '90s. He did Conspiracy Theory, which was a fine movie. I like Conspiracy yeah, Theory. Yeah, too. Yeah, it's a it's a good solid movie. Uh, the dude's a really really good director. He likes Mel Gibson. He does. He definitely. He's the only likes one him. left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do too. <laughs> but yeah, not much more to say other than I mean, I could just say he did Superman and Goonies, boom, and be done because I feel like that. That backs up my statement plenty. Uh, to me, yeah, that throwing Lethal Weapon. Oh, and Lethal, uh, sorry, and Lethal <laughs> Weapon. No, I mean, really, I mean, those were huge blockbuster movies. So well loved, too. And they they really, really are the best buddy action comedies. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you threw his name out there to a typical person, they'd think he was a serial killer? He does kind of sound like Richard Donner. It's too the, close to Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, Richard Donner, yeah. I'm going to ruin my Richard Donner <laughs> memories going forward. Do you think his friends there. call him Dick, Dick Donner? <laughs> that he doesn't sound nearly as scary anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. Best name ever. <laughs> Jacob, your number two favorite underrated director of all time. All right. So this is the part where it doesn't really become favorite, but I can't not put this person on my list. It's Rob Reiner. That I had him on my list originally. Yeah. I actually had him at number one on my list originally, but then I couldn't decide whether he was underrated or not. Yeah. Okay. So Rob Reiner's very first movie is This is Spinal Tap. came out in 1984. He followed that with Stand By Me, 1986. Then The Prince's Bride, in 87. And then When Harry, when Harry Met Sally, in 89. Uh, there's a couple other movies somewhere in, in there, but he also directed Misery, A Few mm-hmm. Good Men, The American oh, yeah. President, which is an Aaron Sorkin screenplay. Yep. Um, really, up until The American President, he was... You know, he was on fire. Yeah. I mean, he also done a lot of acting. Yeah. Uh, th- he, he's done a lot of movies since then, but they're kind of like a lot more cheesy, a lot of older actors yeah. in it. Yeah. But but the run that he had... It's an incredible was run. ...was amazing. And and if you look at those movies... He's got two of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Stand By Me and A Few Good Men are two of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're both great. I mean, 
Again, A Few Good Men is also an Aaron Sorkin. I forgot it's also an Aaron Sorkin screenplay, so it helps when you have that kind right. of dialogue. But when you think about the dialogue from The Princess Bride, Stand oh, By yeah. Me, I mean, all of these, when Harry met Sally, that's all oh. they do is talk. Oh, yeah. And it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's really, really good. It's, again, it focuses on characters, just mm-hmm. like uh, Sidney Lumet, yeah. uh, you know, can really kind of go unseen or forgotten. I mean, I know that from impressions I get... Rob Reiner is really well respected throughout Hollywood. I think people love working with him. It's, isn't he? Wasn't he on oh, one of the talk shows uh, quite a bit? Um, maybe David Letterman. I don't know. Yes, he did come on one of them. I think it was Letterman actually. Okay. I mean, he's he's a loved character. He's definitely in a loved person. He in Hollywood. always. I don't know. He's him a real affable, but he fun, seems like he's loving guy. Yes, and like a you know, really sweet natured person. That's what he seems like. Anyway. Yeah. So. I favor John Favreau more, but I can't put John Favreau above Rob Reiner. No, that's a great call. So I had him on my list, but I didn't know if he was underrated or not. I he was originally number one or number two on my list. That's and he again forgotten. I think back in the day, definitely I think everybody he was big time. But as time has gone by, I think you know the casual fan. If you said name me a Rob Reiner movie. I think they would struggle to to name those movies. So I think he definitely qualifies. Yeah. Rachel, your number two most underrated director of all time. John Favreau. Nice. <laughs> Jacob and I basically nice. have the same list. You really do have the same list. Spoiler alert, my number one is Rob Reiner. No. <laughs> Are you serious? Do you want to talk about I that? I also movie, can't put John Favreau above Rob that Reiner. Is, yeah. d- so do you guys that. have four of the five same directors? Yeah. That is so funny. I Did I say all mine one step in front of yes. yours? <laughs> it sounds like Rachel didn't do her work. She just say whatever Jacob said. <laughs> I waited for Jacob to go to the bathroom and then I just took his list. <laughs> but at least I let you say him first. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Um, I, and you've done a great job talking about him. I don't have a whole lot to say about John Favreau other than people should see Chef because it was great. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people miss that movie, but yeah, that was a cook. That, that was an underrated <laughs> movie. It made me want to open a food truck. You know about Twitter? Yeah, I have an account. Yeah. How's it work? It's cool. It's cool. That's how it works. It's cool. You tweet on it. Is that like texting? No. You sign me up. Okay. So, what do you want your username to be? Carl. You can't just put Carl. Well, it has to be at something. Now Carl Casper. That's Carl Casper. Take him. Did somebody took my name? At Chef Carl Casper? Is that cool? That's up. At Chef Carl Casper. So is this for sex? Ew. Was that what you're doing this for? No, I'm not doing it for that. So I wrote something bad. I want to see what they wrote. Good. Oh, shit. Hey, you can't talk like that. I don't care if mommy's not around. I don't want you cursing around here. That review went viral. What does that mean? It means it got picked up and retweeted everywhere. So all these people have read the review? Yeah. And it looked like, I don't know his history, but he's had to... Oh, he cooked said, for a while. He like it has to. No, he studied. She's right. That's, when they came to that, they they worked in kitchens. They worked with. So chefs. he did. It, he learned it just he, for the movie. Yeah, I figure like he, this had to be like a lifetime passion no. for him because he was so good. There is no way that wasn't acting. He knew his stuff. You know, he may or may not have worked in a restaurant when he was younger. I don't know, but I do remember uh, on the behind the scenes stuff that 
from someone you know, I worked in the restaurant industry for 10 years, you know, I know how cooks and line guys are in the kitchen. They're vulgar. They're, they're all over the, the characters right. are all over the place. And I remember John Fryber saying that he really wanted to capture that. And I, mean, I think he, and I think he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, again, it's the importance of writing characters and, and focusing on the story he's so good at. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I think Chef is his cheesiest movie. But, but it was I can, so much it's fun. It's the kid, because that's the whole, that yeah. kid comment I, I made, I think on the previous podcast, that kid can make or break a movie. Yeah. But he's not that bad. And it's a good, solid movie. I love Chef. Yeah. I, I, good feeling. It, it was really fun. good. It yeah. made me laugh really a feel lot. Good movie. I, Bobby Cannavale. Kind of made you want to travel yeah, the United States and eat different places. Oh, like it made me want to open a food truck. Yeah. Or, and yeah. I can't, and I, I can barely make a pop tart, and that made me want to make a start a food truck. <laughs> Anything to add on, Mr. Favreau? I don't. Jacob's done a really good job with my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two uh, favorite underrated director of all time is definitely the most polarizing on all of these lists, without a doubt. Oh, okay. Uh, this is it, it is says Brandon. Uh, no, when you hear it, it'll make sense. Okay. Here is, I will preface this with, this is why I think he's underrated. I think he's underrated because he's become so hated. I, th- I think that people thought he was overrated and started hating him. And now I think because of that, the backlash that he's received, now he's underrated. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I'm with Brandon on this one. Jacob made a face, but I'm, I I got Brandon's back on this one. Regardless, okay, look. Six Sense, Universal. Everybody loves Six Sense. There's no. You made a good point by saying he's become hated, which means that he's become forgotten. Yeah, he's. I, I think that, irrelevant. Yeah, like 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 he's become so hated that the backlash has been so big that I think as a result he's become he needs underrated. To just quit writing his movies. Here's the thing: his first three movies out of the gate were all spectacular. Six Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs. Signs was okay. I love signs, but but it's definitely the well, he needs, to, and he also needs to quit these these in, these trick endings. Uh, he he painted himself into a corner because everybody's expecting the trick endings, like that was like his thing, and they were also good the first three, and so I think that it was one of those deals. He just everybody expected that became it. his signature, right? Almost. Yes. Then I know a lot of people hated the village. The village is actually what started the hate. Because people hated the twist so much. Yeah. Because it wasn't a scary twist. It wasn't a freaky, weird, tripped out twist. And that's what started the hate. I actually really like The Village. I think it's a really underrated movie. Um, I didn't mind The Village, actually. Yeah. I yeah, thought. I and so was beef with it. So, first four movies I really, really liked. Now, Lady in the Water was weird. But I will say The Village is the last movie I saw because none of the other ones looked interesting. And I just would keep hearing bad things. See, and that's. I think the hate just became out of, out of control. Lady in the Water was weird, but it was cool in a weird way. Here's my thing with M. Night Shyamalan he creates great atmosphere. Like, his, his movies, their settings. The suspense, the tension that he builds, he really, really knows how to draw out suspense, unlike most common or most modern directors. And he knows how to set an atmosphere that are all unique to him. Uh, his settings are just so. Uh, even the happening, which was a terrible movie, that that's one I can't defend at all. I think the happening sucked, but there were moments in the happening that were really, really cool, like. When the dude like laid down in front of the lawnmower and like got mauled, or like when the 
people like voluntarily got mauled by the lions at the zoo. There are some really freaky scenes and and horror uh, horrorish scenes in the happening. Even though it was a crap horror-ish. movie. Horror, oh. horror-ish. <laughs> um, and then we get, uh, I'm going to skip The Last Airbender and After Earth. Why would, he why would you do that? <laughs> because those movies sucked. Oh, okay. He didn't write those movies, though. So uh, the Happening, The Last Airbender, and After Earth, the, all within eight, five years of each the, other. Those, and, and that, I'm, I'm, I understand that. But then he bounced back to me in a huge way with the visit. It's so good, people. It's really, really good. And I'm really upset that more people aren't watching it. I think because, going back to my original statement, he lost favor with, with audiences. People loved him. When you go back to Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs, people absolutely loved him that Shyamalan. He was like the guy, the up-and-coming director. Uh, people thought he was going to endure be big time. Now people hate him so much they won't even see a really good movie that he did. Um I don't hate him, but you gave that look. But you gave that, uh, you did, I just have zero desire to watch face. his movies anymore, right? Which is because he's just so fixated on making these trick endings that just don't pay off. Uh, Honestly, the visit his pays movies, off. The visit his, pays his off. Movies, movies now remind me of the invitation. Anyway, <laughs> you're right because you said it. I mean, he can draw drama. You know, yes. he can he can out of a scene. Yes, he can. But then it's just like the payoffs. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> This is not an intelligent way to approach this. Lee is a friend of mine. This is his son. Yeah, we'll be doing me a favor. All right, listen. We both go outside, move around the house in opposite directions. We act crazy, insane with anger, make them crap in their pants, force them around till we meet up on the other side. Explain that crazy. You know, curse and stuff. Want me to curse? You don't mean it. It's just for show. What? It won't be convincing. It doesn't sound natural when I curse. Just make noises, then. Explain noises. Are you going to do this or what? No, I'm not. All right, I'm you want to be stealing something in the house next time? On the count of three. One, two, three. Ah! I'm insane with anger! We're going to beat your ass, bitch! I think... I think he just tried. He was a victim of his own success, and he kept trying to top it. I think that he he did a couple of movies that weren't his own screenplays, and then and it's been years. He hadn't. He wrote the visit, but that was the first one he wrote since the happening. So it had been eight years. So I think he kind of recalibrated, and he actually pulled back the visit he was did. on a really small scale, and I think it was really effective. So hopefully, he'll start to win back the favor of audiences because I think he's. Become underrated. I'm not Shyamalan. Hmm. Here we are. Time to unveil our number one picks. Jacob, your number one most underrated director of all time. My number one's pretty shocking even to myself, but I knew he'd be on my list. I didn't know where. It's Tony Scott. That's interesting. Hmm. Ridley Scott's little brother. Yeah, absolutely. Now... Tony has been around for a long, long time. He's he's produced a ton of projects. Tony Scott's actually had a great run in the 80s, in the early 90s as well. And I really think that you can credit Tony Scott to a lot of... Ooh, this, is a, this is a 
tricky way to say this to a lot of action movies that we have today. Let me read off his resume real quick. Did um, he do Crimson Tide? Well, okay. His first movie, yes, he did. Okay. Uh, his first movie was The Hunger, which I've never heard of. It was in 1983. I've and, seen The Hunger. Okay. So I heard it wasn't that great, but they said for 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 some reason, it was just enough to get him hired on to do Top Gun, his second movie. Which is movie. crazy when you think about it. That's right. just insane. So, yeah. So 1986, he does Top Gun. 1987, he does Beverly Hills Cop 2. Uh, there's some other movies in there, but he does Days of Thunder, 1990, The Last Boy Scout. My personal favorite of his movies, which is True Romance in 1993. True Romance is awesome. He does collaborate with uh, Quentin Tarantino, wrote the screenplay for that. Followed up with that Crimson Tide in 95, Enemy of the State in 98, Man on Fire, which people think that's his best film. Um, I didn't I like really like Man it on that Fire. Much. I liked it, but it, definitely not as, I wouldn't even say in top five of my favorites of his. Uh, right, I would completely agree with that. And, you know, in... Really, after that, I didn't care much for any, for the movies he did after that. So, Domino, Deja Vu, the Taking Up Hellham, One, Two, Three, and Unstoppable. But I mean, the guy's been around. He's done. For he's worked with Denzel a, long, a lot. Long time. He's uh, Denzel's done five movies with him. Wow. And um, you know, it's not like he is. I don't want to compare him to his brother because they just do completely different movies. They do. Um, he's definitely got a distinct style of movie that you know, he does. When you brought up Richard Donner, it made me think of Tony Scott too, because those guys did action in a certain way where you could still have good character development. Right. They didn't rely so much on CGI. Right. And that's why I was saying that to be tricky. Like, you know, he's, he and Richard Donner and maybe Robert Zemeckis or some guy and Spielberg are guys who have, I think paved the way for how action movies are made now because, you know, they did all this in the eighties and early nineties. But now we have Michael Bay and that sort of thing. So that's Ugh. why I have to kind of be careful in how I say that. You know, how I, how I think Tony Scott has done a lot of influence for action movies. No, that's a good call. But, I mean, I, I, he had such great movies uh, in that period of time. And uh, I think he's so underrated, incredibly underrated. He was on a lot of lists that I researched. He's really and that's not why I put him at number one. I just think that when I think of Top Gun, definitely True Romance, which, which – that in itself, people need to see. People don't even know that movie exists. But really, so like Top Gun, uh, Days of Thunder, Crimson Tide. I mean, those movies right there. Crimson Tide's I mean, probably my favorite. They're they're not like these great, I don't know. Um, they're classics, but they're not like Academy Award classics. Yeah, they're not Academy Award classics. And yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. They're, they're not that type. And some of them aren't iconic, but they're big like... You remember them besides Top Gun. Top Gun is is iconic. Yeah, um, I think the movies honestly that you can just check out and like your your brain can check out and you can just enjoy a flick. Yeah, I think that they're smart action films. Yeah, that's a good choice. And honestly, I I think that everybody knows Top Gun, but I bet you if you ask most people who direct the Top Gun, I bet you nobody could tell you. <laughs> or if they did, they'd say Ridley Scott. I think that's his problem too. I think he's just in Ridley's shadow, and people probably just kind of in their mind if. Even cinephiles maybe sometimes probably meld the two together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he, that's a really, really good choice. It was certainly random for me, but when I really thought about it, I was like, I want to put him at one, a number one. I think yeah. he deserves it. He's, he's been around for a long time. Even in his most recent movies, The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3, and Unstoppable, they weren't great movies by any means, but they weren't bad movies. Right. They were enjoyable. Right. Like I said, they you were just check out. Yeah, but, but it's like weird that the, they're kind of like all themed the same way. Like, they're really really close almost feels like the same movie at least the last two well, I never to saw me. taking a Pelham one two three I saw unstoppable I just thought it was okay yeah it was it was yeah he's a good choice 
Now I want to rewatch Crimson Tide. I really love Crimson Tide. I love Tide. Crimson Tide. It was a great movie. Weapons con. Ship targeting to target package SLBM 64741-2. This is the captain. Captain, I cannot concur. Repeat my command. Sir, we don't know what this message means. Our target package could have changed. You repeat this order or I'll find somebody who will. No, you won't, sir. You're relieved to your position. Cobb, remove Mr. Hunter from the control room. Get no, Lieutenant sir. Zimmer in here no, right sir. now. No, sir. I do not concur, and I do not recognize your authority to relieve me under command under Navy regulations. Cobb, arrest this man Captain and get him out of here. Under operating procedures governing the release of nuclear weapons, we cannot launch our missiles unless both you and I agree. Cobb, now, what are you waiting for? Me, sir. This is expressly why your command must be repeated. It requires my assent. I do not give it. And furthermore, you continue upon this course and insist upon this launch without confirming this message no, first. Bitch. I will be Chief forced back by the rules of precedent. This Captain authority. Commanding Officer. Rachel, Spy Game 2. That was, a, that was a pretty pretty solid one for a spy movie. Rachel, you're number one. Oh, we already know this. Just ditto all the things that Jacob said about Rob Reiner would you Would you like to take out... Um, Whoever you had that Jacob didn't have and put Tony Scott in there. Do you want to talk about Tony Scott? <laughs> uh, I will. You want to know how a guy is underrated? Did you know that he died? Tony Scott. Yeah. And do you I know he how he in died? 2012. I know he committed suicide. Yeah. I didn't. Oh, okay. So that's how you know somebody is completely getting overlooked when a director who has done all of those things can commit suicide. And I had no idea. Yeah, it was a really tragic deal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, how, I remember. Yes. I remember this, but how did he do it? He jumped I, off a bridge. Oh, that's right. So, I'm just saying that's another... I was like, whoa, he is actually younger than Ridley Scott, which I didn't know that either. But I was like, oh, well, why did he die? So, that's I'm a assuming story. he's his little brother. I don't really know. Yeah, Tony Scott was younger than Ridley okay. Scott. Yeah. So, that's or, sad. But I'm just saying yeah, that's, 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 that that should have been cool. big news, something like that. Should've, yeah. It, it seems like I should have known about that. Yeah, and most people should so know that. There's another. Um, kind of sucks that he's so underrated. Rachel, that was a great, great point. Isn't that a great review of Rob Reiner's work? <laughs> was there anything about Rob Reiner that you wanted to add that I didn't completely? No, you, off? I, you did a great job. So, go, do you like Rob uh, when, Harry, when when Harry met Sally? I do actually, okay. but he could have just made Princess Bride and dropped the mic. <laughs> in my opinion, he could have just been done then because Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies of all time because it's one of my favorite childhood movies. I could quote you the entire thing. We watched that. All the time. I actually so. had it on in the background the other day. I didn't really sit down and watch still, it, but I just kind of heard still it. Still love know. that movie so, so much. All right. Where is the poison? The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. 
You've made your decision then? <laughs> Not remotely. Because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia. And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? Have you seen This is Spinal Tap? Yes. Okay. Which I also That's thought funny. was hilarious. It's really good. I actually forever thought Christopher Guest did that movie. Oh, really? Yes. Well, it, it is a Christopher Guest. It's what started Christopher Guest doing those movies. That's what I, mean, I was it, really because, confused about when I saw it. I was like, well, wait a second. It's sec. a mockumentary. And right. it was like the first, you know, first one. So you assume, since Christopher Guest made all the rest of them, Waiting for Government and Best in, in Show. Right. And he's right. in it. And he's in all his other films. So it and all the same actors that are in yes uh, this, this is, is Spinal, Spinal Top are in Christopher Guest movies. Yes. so I, I just assumed it was Christopher Guest. Yeah, so I mean, it just, I did I did it first too until okay. I until so I learned it just differently. Kind of reconfirms like Rob Reiner getting overlooked. Yeah, you know? no, Rob Reiner is a great, great, great choice. Uh, he's got a couple of my all time favorites. So apparently, he's going to have a movie coming out later this year uh, about Lyndon B. Johnson. Oh, is he? Yeah. That'll be interesting. So there's that. It's starring uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Woody Harrelson, C. Thomas Howe. C. Thomas, C. Howell? Thomas Howell? Wow. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. For anyone who's listening, C. Thomas Howe was in E.T. He was one of the kids on the bike. Yeah. And then he went on to be in... The Outsiders. Or, the Outsiders. Wow. Uh, also... And then, nothing since. And again. <laughs> uh, also, notable people, Bill Pullman's going to be in it. Richard Jenkins is in it. Oh, Richard Jenkins so, is good. Well, that's interesting. I'm in. Even that's about Lena B. Johnson? Yeah, dude. I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere I see Thomas Howell is, I'm there, it's too. It's kind of... It, apparently, it's just the story of his life because it covers his, uh, like, from childhood to becoming the president. So, there's that. That is interesting information. Brandon, stop, stop keeping us waiting. Who's your number one? My number one, and you guys may argue that he's not underrated, but I I think he is. I think that this guy should be a bigger deal than he is based on his filmography. I think he should be more highly regarded. I think he should be more of a household name. I think people should be able to rattle off all the movies he's done. My number one most underrated director of all time is someone that Jacob just mentioned in passing, Robert Zemeckis. This dude, another guy that I cross off my off my list because I thought he may be forgotten. Yeah, instead I, of underrated. Yeah, and and again, it feels like I'm doing mostly Back uh, to the Future, bro. He did the entire Back to the Future. I mean, really, if it, that's all he did, drop the mic. Yeah, I mean, Back to the Future. But not only did he do all the, I love Used Cars, which was his first kind of mainstream hit. He also did I Want to Hold Your Hand, the Beatles movie, um, was his first movie. And then he did Used Cars, which is a movie with Kurt Russell that I think is hilarious. He did Romancing the Stone. He did Back to the Future. Then he did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Uh, so just based on Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he also did Forrest Gump. Come on, people. His filmography is ridiculous. <laughs> That's why it's a tricky – this is a tricky it, one. It, it, it's a tricky one. He did Contact, which was a big deal. What Lies Beneath, Castaway, The Polar Express, Beowulf, A Christmas Carol. He did this string of those three weirdly animated 
Yeah, uh, he did movies. only animated for years. Yeah, yeah, that string and of movies was weird. The super depressing flight. Yeah, flight, <laughs> which contained a great John Goodman performance, Actually, but it was a it weird was a movie. Good movie. It was just. Depressing. It was, and they did the walk, which was I was I was kind of back and forth on the walk. It was a good movie. I was a little disappointed. It wasn't poorly directed though. No, the direction was fantastic. Actually, this dude is a great director that's directed these huge iconic movies, and I just feel like he's not a big enough deal. I feel like. When I see best directors of all time list, he's never mentioned. And I understand most of these besides, I mean, obviously Forrest Gump. And well, I mean, these are great movies. Again, they're blockbuster, wide appeal movies that are done really, really well. I read a good uh, example of Robert Zemeckis versus Steven Spielberg. And, and I can't believe they used Zemeckis as an example in it. But this is what they said was that Steven Spielberg took chances artistically, which is like, so say Schindler's List Mm -hmm. um, or his war movie. Um, Munich? No. Well, no, that too, but... uh, Oh, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. And so that really showed that Spielberg... (laughs) I thought of Munich before I thought of Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you can think of the name. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Spielberg took these chances artistically with these movies and uh, really went for it, but Robert Zemeckis really never did that, So, which is why he remained on the radar. But how can you say that when you do Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Right. And then you do Forrest Gump and you do things digitally that no one's ever done before. Yes. And you beat out Pulp Fiction and Shawshank, Pulp Fiction and Shawshank uh, Redemption. Yes. question is, when the hell are they? You see, Einstein has just become the world's first time traveler. I sent him into the future. One minute into the future to be exact. And precisely, 121 a.m. in zero seconds, we shall catch up with him at the time machine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? I did completely mark him off my list because I have a hard time saying he's underrated because really almost every movie you named are great movies. Everyone's seen them. Right. Another thing is everyone's seen most of his movies. Yes. I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I just I think a lot of people have heard of Robert Zemeckis also. I think everybody knows his it's name. A tough but, one. I think but he's an think... amazing director. Oh yeah. He I think did he's... work. He did start out with Spielberg, which is kind of where he got. You know, that's kind of funny. He did. Uh, I believe Michael Bay did, and I heard. No, no, no. I know Michael Bay did. I was about to say James Cameron also, but James Cameron just saw what Spielberg did and decided he wanted to quit driving a truck and go direct movies. <laughs> is that true? Yep. Wow. And then he ended up doing two of the three biggest movies of all time. Yeah. That's crazy. And then he wrote Terminator. Yeah, Something like that. Yeah, crazy. Anyway, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. Anyways, I I think that I mean I I struggle with it too because he's he's a name, but I still don't know if you ask who directed Fra- Who Framed Roger Rabbit, who directed Forrest Gump, who directed 
Castaway, if most people be able to tell you that it was Robert Zemeckis, you know, most people would be able to tell you exactly what Spielberg did, what Scorsese did, what uh, Tarantino did. They, they, the movies are synonymous with the director. The names go hand in hand. I don't feel like it's that way with Zemeckis. I think that he's done these great movies, but people don't. It's like he's put the name down, with. but he should be up there. Right. Exactly. That, that's my, and that's why, that's why I did Sidney Lumet, too. Everybody knows he's a great director, but not only has he been kind of forgotten by the modern-day people, uh, but I feel like he should be a tier higher than what people think of him as. Like, yeah. they should be in that top tier as well, and they're not. Yeah. So, let's, let's go. That, that was a fun list. I mean, you're... Totally random. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yours and mine. Uh, Rachel's. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think that that makes our lists right and Brandon's list wrong. What's going to be interesting is you guys will be able to include every single one of your directors in our little sound clip section because you're going to have the same ones. Well, usually when it's like that, I just will do it for all, you, all of yours will be in there now. Nice. Uh, let's Rachel, go. Thank you for showing up and just managing the volume. Hi, man. It's cool. Cool man. <laughs> hey, I talked about my number five. Yeah, which one did you have that was different than Jacob's list? Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he was you're an, an honorable mention for you, right? Right. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Speaking of honorable mentions, Jacob, who are some of the directors that we uh, did not bring up that were on your list? If this guy hadn't done some crappy movies recently, he would have been pretty high up on my list. But Joe Wright... Yeah, yeah, you've talked about him a lot. Yep. Uh, and so but Wright, you're so pissed at what he's done lately. I'm so frustrated. Joe Wright directed Pride and Prejudice and Atonement. I love Pride and Prejudice. It is one of my all-time favorite movies. He also directed Hannah, which got a lot of mixed reviews, but in the end, I think a lot of critics liked it. Yeah. But he directed The Soloist, which I hated. It was terrible. And, uh, Anna Karenina, which was a remake, and mm. it just didn't really work. It was yeah. kind of all over the place. And then he did Pan, which was terrible. Yeah. The guy, I believe, started out as a cinematographer. And he it just, shows. He, he, he sees things so well, and he can put it on screen so well. But he does. He just tries too hard and does too much. And so this is supposed to be an underrated director's thing. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice and Atonement are, are really, especially Pride and Prejudice. I know it's a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. And that's another thing about Joe Wright. He likes to take, you know, likes to adapt from literary works. Right. But his movies look so good. They and, do. And then, then people start talking and it just <laughs> gets bad in the end. Well, the ones recently, anyway. I yeah. love Pride and Prejudice. All right. Tom McCarthy. To be, I, uh, he's on my arm. Yeah. To mentions. be honest, I just haven't seen enough of his movies. Yeah. Uh, Tom McCarthy directed The Station Agent, which is what started Pinker Dinklage's career, I, I, I think. Yeah, uh, The Visitor, is. starring Richard Jenkins, Win yep. Win with Paul Giamatti, Cobbler, which I've heard mixed reviews on that. I haven't seen I it. I never so watched I the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I just I was like, mm, Adam Sandler, I'm yeah. out. And then, of course, Spotlight, which just won Best Picture last year. Right. Uh, Tom McCarthy can uh, – and does he write his movies too? I think he – I'm not sure. I put him on my okay, honorable mentions. So I, I didn't research him as much because he's just on my honorable mentions. Okay, I won't. I'll back off of if he writes writes his movies, but I will say he can really develop characters in his movies. He really can draw out emotion. He likes to focus on, I think, what these characters are going through and just show kind of genuine responses to what's going on. Yeah. Whether it's, I have seen Win Win. So whether it's you know Paul Giamatti, you know, as a coach reacting to that stuff or. 
you know, spotlight really. Oh God, what a great movie. Yeah. What a great movie. I, I and, and again I still say it's it's one of the more perfect movies I've seen in yeah. the last couple of years. Ivan Rittman. Yes. He directed Stripes, Ghostbusters, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Dave. That's all between nineteen eighty one and ninety three. He was huge in the eighties. Yeah, good call. I forgot about him. Yeah. yeah. Um he also did movies like Junior, Father's Day, Six Days, Seven Nights, Super Ex, My Super Ex Girlfriend. You know those are okay. Yeah, yeah, they're all right. Junior's not, but you know I thought he was. No, he's a mention. He's uh, forgotten. He's a forgotten guy. Uh, Harold Ramis, also forgotten. Uh, also forgotten. He directed. Caddyshack. He was huge in the eighties. Yeah, huge. Yeah. He did direct Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, Groundhog Day. And then he did Multiplicity with Michael Keaton, Analyze This and Analyze That, which mm-hmm. uh, the first one was really good. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then he did Year One in 2009, and it's like, what? Yeah. You know? Oh, that movie and, was terrible. Yeah, terrible, terrible. It's, just so, it's so random compared to all the other stuff that he's done. Yeah. Um, and, That's know, a good and choice. it's too bad that, you know, we lost him. He was, he was, you know, it seemed like he's just a fun character to be around. Yeah. Um, I have Martin McDo- McDonough. I say it. He directed In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, I love both of those yeah. movies. Yep. Yeah, I love All both right. of those. But those are the only my... two movies that he's done. Yeah, I love was, In Bruges. He is an honorable mention, though. Oh, yeah. cool. In Bruges is is, is awesome. Uh, I wrote down Ryan Johnson. Now you all liked Brick. I didn't care much for it, but I still know it was directed well. I really liked Looper. Yeah, uh, Looper I thought was Looper good. was amazing. Uh, he also directed The Brothers Bloom, and he will be directing the new Star Wars Episode Eight coming out in 2017. Yeah. Looper was really, really good. So that's I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, yes, he can say, see things. Really, yeah, really. That's really, cool. I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to do with with that. Uh, did you not know that? I didn't know he was going to direct yeah. it. No. Uh, I wrote down Ben Stiller because let, let me read you some of Ben Stiller's movies that he's directed: Reality Bites, The Cable Guy, Zoolander, Tropic Thunder, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. That's great. Like he's pretty good. I forgot that he directed a couple of those. Yeah, I forgot. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are solid. I'm almost done here. So when I was doing my research, I came across Robert Wise, which is a director who he's directed about 41 movies. Um, none of them are TV movies. They're all movies that range from like 1940 to 1989. Mm-hmm. And Brandon can probably help me out with this a little bit because I'm still kind of learning this stuff. How studio directors used to work, you know, probably before 1980. You worked for a studio. They assigned you on projects. It didn't matter what genre you were doing. You would do all of it. Yeah. And every list I came It was across, farther back than that, though. I mean, I think like 60s and before oh, that. No, okay. Like, yeah. All 50s right. even, maybe. And so Robert Wise directed The Day the Earth Stood Still, West Side Story, and keep the genres in mind. West Side Story, The Haunting, which is a horror, uh, The Sound of Music, The Sand Pebbles, The Andromeda Strain, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and a movie called Rooftops. Those are some big movies. Yes. So, yes, West Side Story and Sound of Music did both win Best Picture. And so, from what I understand, uh, some of these other movies, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen The Sand Pebbles, but it was one of the ones that I kept coming up in these lists. Uh, so apparently Robert Wise is very underrated as far as history goes. Yeah, and I mean, those are, he those are some, from one project to the next. Those are some huge movies, though. Yeah. He actually should have been on my list, my Forgotten Directors. Okay, lastly, and I was going to cheat and put all four of these guys as my number five, and I just decided to back off. But I want to say, say their names. Uh, okay, when you start to recognize who they are, just say when. Okay, Pete Doctor. 
Andrew Stanton. I I know Andrew John Lasseter. Oh, I know jo- oh Pixar movies. And Brad Bird. Yeah. Okay. So, and the reason I couldn't decide on one is because you know each one has directed a movie that I love, mm-hmm. and then each one has directed a movie I don't care much for. Right. So, like Brad Bird did the Iron Giant, The Incredibles, Ratatouille. Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol. That's weird. <laughs> and Tomorrowland. I actually remember that now, though. Uh, I do think Brad Bird's a good writer. Uh, Pete Docter, which I would say I like his movies the most. He did Monsters, Inc., Up, and Inside Out. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Laster directed Toy Story. He co-directed Bugs Life. He did Toy Story 2, both Cars movie, and he will be doing Toy Story 4 in 2018. That's pretty big time. Really, Cars 2 is the only stinker in that one. Uh, I never liked... I didn't see... I didn't see the second one, and I didn't care much for the first. I, I like the first one pretty well. Uh, and then Andrew Stanton also co-directed Bugs Life. He did Finding Nemo. I love Wally. Uh, he also directed John Carter, which I think is a little underrated. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's he not bad. Out to be, and he will be directing Finding Dory. This is a tricky one with these four guys because they're directing Anime cartoons. Movies, yeah, you yeah. know, it, you're not dealing with people. You're dealing with Anim- animators yeah it's a completely different it's a type different of thing. style of directing but it it doesn't go unnoticed or not to me anyway and i think it's worth at least giving them a shout out yeah so especially since all those types of guys are going to be underrated because nobody knows who they are i mean really they, they don't get really they, they just think of it as disney right yeah they, 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 they get grouped into a pool yeah and unfortunately you know i don't have names of the directors of shrek or um, how to train your dragon right you know other movies that are outside of disney because i think those are done really well too but there's so much that goes into putting these movies together also yeah. and things like editing and cinematography camera angles yeah. lighting uh little things like that i mean that's that's huge for these projects and yeah. so these guys definitely need to get a shout out rachel you got any uh honorable- any non-jacob yeah. people <laughs> um just one. No, I didn't have a lot of honorable mentions, but I did want to mention a guy named Taika Waititi. Oh, that's fun. Oh, he's the New Zealand guy. He is from New Zealand. If this was a favorite, like, if I'm just picking people I like the most, he would be my number one. He's Taika, boy, right? he did boy. Taika hasn't done a whole lot uh, yet. However, he is in charge of the new Thor movie, so. Really? Yep. No way. Yep. What a weird choice. Um. He he really is a good director though. He did Eagle vs. Shark, which I personally didn't really care for. Um, yeah, I wasn't a huge Eagle. Vers. But he did Boy, which I thought was amazing, and then most recently he, he did What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, he also directed a few episodes of Fly of the Concord. It looks like four episodes of Fly of the Concords. Nice. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is probably I would say his most notable thing so far because this this was Jemaine Clement of Flight of the Concords. Are you sure that's why you didn't like the movie? Uh, no, what we do in the <laughs> shadows is, really is good legitimately movie. good. If you it look is. on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a really high rating. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, it's got seven point six on IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes, it's it's in the nineties. Yeah, it's in the nineties. Exactly. So before Brett was even a thing with Jermaine, uh, he and Taika made a group called the Humor Beasts, and so um, you'll see Jermaine in a lot of his movie, movies. Taika is also an actor. And, and he's really, really super funny, really likable guy. And I think this, uh, what we do in the shadows was an idea they had a long time ago. And they were like, it's basically about vampire, you know, vampires live forever, but eventually like their lives have to become mundane. And so it kind of shows the mundane life of an old vampire, like a group oh, of vampire friends. It's, it's a mockumentary. It's a mockumentary. Like, like, yeah. Type movie. It's a yeah. mockumentary about vampires living together. 
trying to do life. It's really, really funny. Uh, so they did this with a limited budget. I think I'm sure they got a, a grant from New Zealand's film thing. Uh, but it's become a bigger thing, and then it got wide distribution and really good reviews, and I think that's really what's starting to get his name out there. And so, yeah, he's in charge of the new Thor movie, right? Thor, that is that is crazy. And I would, uh, boy, I highly, highly recommend to. I I love boy. That yeah, you funny. told me that it's on Netflix. Like immediately after you saw it to yeah. watch it, and yeah. I have had it in my queue for five years. Have you? I believe well, as soon as it came on Netflix, which it's on there right now. Um, I still haven't watched it yet. It is so fun. I believe what we do in the shadows is also on Netflix. It's basically, it's very Napoleon Dynamite-ish. Like, it's got that kind of feel to it. But it's basically about this kid in New Zealand, this little boy, who uh, his mom has to go away. And so his dad shows up out of nowhere. He hasn't known his dad, but he looks up to his dad, like, big time. So it's, like, about him and his friends. His dad comes back to town. And he's, like, looking for some money, basically, that he buried a long time ago. But he's kind of, like, acting like he's there to be there for his son. And his son's just pumped for him to be there. So he kind of helps him looking for this money. And But it's kind of more slice of – it's very Napoleon Dynamite-ish. The, the, the plot is really simple, but it's more about the characters and – and Does that mean it's kind of a comedy? It's it is. Comedy. It is okay. comedy. It's really it's funny, actually. Comedy, but I mean, there's there's some drama elements to it slightly, but it's, it's there is, and there's some like emotional stuff that happens, but it's uh, it's definitely a comedy. And yeah, Taika in the '80s, he's obsessed with Michael Jackson, which was my initial draw to it. Um, but it makes for some hilarious scenes. Uh, it's 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 really really good. So I wanted to mention him. I'm really excited. I hope that this is a huge success for him and I want all the good things for him because I love him. So he could be good for upcoming directors, huh? Yes, he would. (laughs) I'm being a dick. I think he's throwing shade at you. I'm being a dick donner. My honorable mentions, I did have Rob Reiner originally on my list. Uh, I dropped him down to my honorable mentions because I wasn't sure. Another guy I wasn't sure about was Chris Columbus. I think that he's actually pretty underrated, almost in the Robert Zemeckis vein, where he's directed some big movies, but people, I feel like he's kind of gone under the radar as far as people aren't synonymous with the movies. I didn't even think about Chris Columbus. But he's really, really underrated. He did good on the Harry Potter series. Uh, yeah. The dude directed, yeah, let's, let's look at, he did... Home Alone, obviously one of my favorites. Mrs. Doubtfire, Stepmom, uh, and the two first uh, Harry Potter movies. Which I love the first one. It's probably my favorite one. Yeah. You know, and it's not as dark as the last eight, uh, six were, as the last 16 were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed, I didn't mind the second one that yeah. much. I thought they were both really solid. Yeah. Uh, so I want to give Chris Columbus a shout out. Curtis Hansen. Whoa, he did direct. Oh, no, no, he produced Pixels. <laughs> I think he directed he it. He did direct it. Yes. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got you back, though, because I'm going to talk about Curtis Hansen. Uh, Curtis Hansen, who directed L.A. Confidential, one of Rachel's favorite movies. Oh, of snap. <laughs> uh, again, a, a guy I feel like has kind of flown under the radar. That's a good, that's a good pick, man. Thank you. He did... Uh, L.A. Confidential. He also did... I want to back up, though. He did two suspense thrillers in the early 90s that I really, really love. He did Bad Influence with Rob Lowe and James Spader, which is a movie you guys should watch. Uh, basically, James Spader is kind of this nerdy, wimpy guy. Uh, he's like a... He's like a... 
like an ad executive or something like that, but he kind of gets picked on. Anyways, Rob Lowe. Kind of how James Spitter was in Stargate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rob Lowe <laughs> shows up and he's kind of like this mysterious kind of badass. And he kind of takes him under his wing and helps him out from stop being such a wimp. But then he goes really dark. Anyways, it's a cool movie. The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which was a fun movie. Oh, he directed uh, that. Oh, yeah, nice. Spence Thriller with Rebe- Rebecca Dane Mornay uh, in the early 90s. Then he did The River Wild, which was kind of a fun movie with Meryl yeah. Streep and, and Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Uh, but then he does L.A. Confidential, which was just an incredible movie. Just, just an all-timer. Loved it. And then he does Wonder Boys, which which got a lot of love. It was with Michael Douglas and Tobey Maguire. Skip ahead, he did 8 Mile, which I actually really loved uh, with Eminem. I mean, he... Yeah, that movie kind of goes in and out with me. I mean, I loved it when I first saw it. Right. He was on such a roll with the L.A. Confidential Wonder Boys in 8 Mile. And then he did Inner Shoes three years later with Cameron Diaz. Which I got decent uh, reviews, didn't it? It? It, was, it was okay. And then he did Lucky You and Chasey Maverick. He's just kind of fallen off, weirdly. I, I don't really understand why. It's it's really a weird deal. Um, but he's, I think, definitely underrated. Um, John G. Alvinson. Let me tell you about this guy. Uh, do you guys know who he is? No. He directed Rocky, the first couple Rockies. Actually, all the Rockies, I'm sorry, uh, before the, the most recent ones. He directed the Rocky movies. He directed all the Karate Kid movies, and he directed Lean on Me. I think just for those, people should know who he is. Uh, John G. Alvinson. Uh, those are some pretty... He got pulled up right now. Oh, I, I just thought of um, Doug Lyman. Oh, okay. I was, and I was looking at his list. <laughs> Jenkins pulling up uh, things on his Apple TV, and he's been pulling up as I say them. And I was looking at this filmography. I was like, I don't remember him doing it. Like, he's really underrated. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, that was Doug Lyman. Uh, uh, but yeah, he did all the Rocky movies, Karate Kid movies. Uh, really iconic and lean on me, and most people don't know who he is. So shout out to him. I also had Tom McCarthy. Then the last person I wanted to mention... Is Victor Fleming. Victor Fleming is the only director in history to have two movies in the top 10 of AFI's top 100. This dude, in the same year, 1939, he directed The Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind. He directed Gone with the Wind, too? Yeah. Oh, the sequel? I didn't know they did a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he did Gone with know the Wind that. and Wizard of Oz. Now, he unfortunately died really young. He did Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz in 1939, which is crazy. That'd be like the equivalent of directing Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just incredible. Two of the all-time greatest movies in the same year. He ended up, after that, he did Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He did Joan of Arc, two of his more well-known movies after that. But then he unfortunately died. Um, after he did Joan of Arc, and so he died really young, and kind of at the height of you know his his talent, and so he's kind of completely hmm. he's forgotten. He's forgotten history, Goulet. <laughs> Goulet. But I just, I mean he did Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz. I had I no clue like that was the same director. That's that cool. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. Must have worked for the same studio. Studio yeah. must have. There you are. Wow. Our honorable mentions of top five most underrated directors of all time. Uh, anything you guys would like to add? I don't think so. That was a fun list. My list and your combined list was, was a lot of fun to do. Uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to listen next week. As always, we are Pulp Fliction. <laughs>